It's second down and 10 here for the Rams at the 16-yard line on the left hash. Donnelly with the long green sleeves under the gold jersey sends him in motion with his right hand. Shinbine motions across the formation of the right. The pass underneath, caught at the five. Touchdown, Kyle Morgat. The first touchdown of the season for the Rams on home turf. And then Morgat, exclamation point, backflip. And the Rams have the lead once again. Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. And I'm your host, Ballsy. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Now, the mandate of this podcast is still to promote the great game of football in Saskatchewan. However, I feel the three-down game needs promotion right across this country. Not enough people care about this great game, so I'm going to do my part to remind people about the players, coaches, and builders who make this version of the sport so special. Going forward, Growing the Game with Ballsy will expand its focus nationwide. Weekly, I'm going to be talking to the amateurs and professionals across Canada to find out more about the players under the helmet. And look for a video component to this podcast coming up in the near future. Growing the Game with Ballsy comes to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio. Go check them out at 1440 Broadway Avenue in the heart of Regina. All guests come to you via the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Check out Kevin Welsh and his crew in Saskatoon and surrounding area. I want to thank these other great sponsors too. Gear up with John Ryan Foundation. We'll hear from John a little later on. AGT Foods. Mark Greshner Photography. Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. Face First Medical Aesthetics here in Regina. Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert. And Double Z Egg Sales in Weyburn. As you know by now, Monday the CFL announced the season will kick off August 5th. We now know that it'll be Winnipeg versus Hamilton in Winnipeg in a rematch of Grey Cup 107 that the Bombers won November 24th, 2019 in Calgary. It's a long time ago. It is time to head out in the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline and talk to arguably the face of this league, Calgary Stampeders quarterback Bo Levi-Mitchell. BLM and the Stamps will open up against the Toronto Argonauts at McMahon Stadium. Uh, Before we get to the other stuff, let's get to the important stuff, BLM. How about your cash tourney? How'd you do on the course? Uh, Did good. Actually came came out ahead. Um... So always excited about that. You never want to be losing money in the golf course. Uh, but, uh, no, it was good. I went uh, one over on the back, had four birdies, uh, had a couple bogeys, which, you know, pissed me off, obviously. But uh, <laughs> I think we ended up finishing fourth fourth total. It wasn't in the money, but we ran a little side game with the boys we were playing and uh, ended up coming out positive at the end of the day. You like uh, Do you like uh, betting on sports? Do you like uh, having those little side bets, either it's uh, pl- whether it's playing a cornhole or golf or, or pickup basketball? I do, man, and just strictly because it, it adds to the competition level. You know, I mean, I think Jordan obviously talked about it a lot in the last day. Um, you know, when I stand over a putt, I want it to mean something, you know, not just my individual score. Because uh, I, I don't, you know, I care about golf. I practice. I want to be as good as I possibly can. But the only thing about it is uh, I know I don't have the time to practice as much as I need to to be good. So I'm not going to get frustrated with myself on the course, you know, when it comes to something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um you know, I, I want to win and I want to compete, but I want it to mean something. So we can throw a little bit down, whether it's horse, you know, pool basketball, <laughs> ping pong, darts, whatever it is. Throw, throw a little, you know, green 20 on there and just have some fun. Is that recent? Uh, is that a recent love of yours, the game of golf? 
Uh, not super recent. Um, you know, my best friend and I have been golfing together. Uh, my best friend, Trey, we've been golfing together for, you know, the entire time we've been friends. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I love anything that I'm not good at and I want to try to, you know, figure out a way to get good at it. Uh, but golf is definitely something I've, I've fallen in love with. It kind of reminds me of being on the pitcher's mound. You know, there's only one guy that really controls your destiny when you're pitching and that's you. And I, I like that aspect of the game. So, um, yeah, just continuing to try to you know get better and better, but it's uh it's a long haul ball. It takes it takes a while. Man. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, so uh, you you talked about a green twenty. Have you got the handle on our money yet? I know you've been here a while. Was it strange to you our monopoly kind of money? They like to say. Oh, I love it, man. I think it makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when it when it comes to intelligence, I know which side is uh is holding up their end. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, all I can say is I'm. I, I love the money. Um, you know, I love the fact you can't tear it. I've definitely put that to the test when I first got here. You know, as a young guy, someone told me it was impossible. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was out there trying to tear it, which I guess probably isn't legal. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, yeah, not monopoly money in my eyes. I love it. All right, man. Okay, let's get to some uh, real stuff. Well, one more thing before we get to the football side. The Benny and Bo podcast you can check out on a bi-weekly basis. You and Ben Hebert, buddy of mine, and uh, he introduced me to you, and I consider you a friend now. I don't care what Ryder Nation has to say. Uh, so, Bo, how's that going, the Benny and Bo show? Man, it is going It is going really, really good. You know, the numbers are really have been really good. The, the feedback has been really good as far as uh, – you know, kind of what we've been doing and putting out there and compared to like what people actually want to hear. And all they, all they tell us is positive feedback. You know, they love the guests we brought on They're uh, They're always excited for the next one to come up. They love the gambling aspect of it. So, you know, we give guys, you know, our, me, me and Ben are both pretty petty gamblers. Um, mm-hmm. We're not throwing too much Bitcoin out there, but we'll put some parlays together that are kind of ridiculous. And uh, if we hit, man, it's big money and it's fun, but you're not risking a lot. So, um, it's been awesome. We've got some great guests. Um, you know, Marvin Morris, Max Homa. This week just dropped today. Apple, YouTube, Spotify uh, is uh, Mike Commodore. And if you if you know Mike Commodore at all, Stanley Cup champion, um, great golfer, friends of the pros. He, you know, he's good friends with Max Homa and Ricky Fowler. Um, he's got some amazing, amazing stories. That guy's always getting in one, as you would say. Yeah. And, uh, man, it's been a blast. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing just who the next couple of guests are. So That's I'm awesome. definitely having fun with it. That's awesome, man. Okay, so let, it's about damn time we're playing football. How does it uh, feel to stare at a schedule and look that, hey, we open up against the Toronto Argonauts? It's right there on paper. Yeah, and, and it's real. And it, it's, I can I can touch it and hold it in my hands. I know that it's happening. You know what I mean? Um I'm excited, man. It's uh, it's been a little bit too long. Uh, I'm a little bit giddy, to be honest with you. My wife called me, and you know, my voice cracked, and I was I, I was yelling, "Let's go!" because I'm just I'm that pumped to kind of get back on the field and um, you know do what I was born to do, which is throw the pigskin. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Put that in perspective, because whether you're Bo Levi Mitchell or a guy just trying to get on the roster, you got a very short shelf life, man, and it was ripped away from you for you know about two years. Just how did you deal with that? And just talk about it from a player's perspective. How tough is it on guys to not be able to play? And a lot of guys make a lot less money than you, Bo. They were just scraping by, doing landscaping, Uber Eats, trying to do a bunch of different things. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think it goes to show you just how real the CFL athlete is. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're obviously not the biggest name uh, sport out here in, in Canada, but, uh, you know, Guys are definitely putting, doing whatever they have to do to keep things together, but, you know, to keep it more on the positive side, you know, um, 
it gave a lot of guys a chance to better themselves uh, in more ways than one. I don't just mean football, but as, as husbands, as fathers, uh, brothers, you know, whatever it might be as a family member, um, having the opportunity to kind of look around your life and, re- and it gave you the opportunity to see life without football, which I think is a very, very interesting perspective because, you know, a lot of us, we don't, we don't, this game's not gone until it's gone. And once it is, you, you don't, you don't really get it back. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the crazy part about that is the fact that typically this game gets taken from you before you're ready to let it go. So whenever that does happen, um, it's usually a surprise. It's a shock. You're usually not ready to do what you're supposed to be ready to do. And I think this is giving guys a chance to understand that a little bit better. Yeah. That's, you know, a, that's that, a neat hey, perspective. This game, this yeah. Game, yeah, that's neat perspective, yeah. Bo. Sorry for cutting you off, but how? So, what did you learn? Oh, no like, like, what did you learn? Did you like? Uh, how how did it make you feel? What kind of feelings did you deal with there? Yeah, for me, it was it was it was the new father aspect of it. It's just um, understanding what life is going to be like when I have the opportunity to spend every single second with with my daughters, and uh, how I get to be a better father with that. And you know, that's it's something that you don't really get a chance to have until. You know, you do have it. Now I realize just how much I absolutely love it and enjoy it. And, um, you know, you really see your children cling to you in a, in a really good way once you get to show them that 24-7 attention. You know, and typically they're used to dad, you know, being gone for eight, nine hours out of the day, you know, typically more than that. Um, and for six months out of the year, being gone for a long time. So, um, you know, only getting to usually spend six months with me. And, and even then I'm training and, and preparing for the next uh, season. So, you know, getting to actually just spend that much time with him, man, has been just a blessing. And, and same with my wife, just understanding what she does and goes through every day as a mom to make sure that I am able to do what I do uh, and be able to focus where I focus. So Madison has just been, you know, a damn blessing and a rock for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's always cliche when you say these things about the wife, but it's just so true, man, Madison is. You know, she's the reason we're, we're together as a family and, um, and you know, the best mom out there. So it's, it's fun to learn from. It's great that you recognize that. That's awesome. Okay, Bo, uh, I talked to a couple of guys, Mike Edom being one of them, um, and he said, you know, he's been waiting he, He's been waiting to get the shoulder surgery for a couple of years. He's been playing with a bad wing for a while. He said this is the healthiest he's felt in a long time. He had a chance to address it correctly, so that was a silver lining for him. A couple of other guys like that. How about Bo Levi Mitchell? How are you feeling? Because... You, like a lot of other players, your birth certificate isn't reflective now on how much tread's left on the tire. You know what I mean? Like, your, your birth certificate might say you're a certain age, but you're probably a couple of years younger in football years. How are you feeling? Yeah, man, I would say we probably all feel like that, right? Like, I've been, I've been pretty vocal about the fact that um, the pandemic obviously wasn't a blessing at all, but uh, at the same time, the time off from football, um, did allow a lot of guys, including myself, to heal up, um, you know, to take care of things with their bodies. That You know, when you play 10 years, man, and you're a guy that plays every single game, you know, for 10 years, um, your body goes through some mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not just the big name uh, headlines that you that you read about. You're like, oh, okay, Bo had shoulder surgery. Like, you know, no, Mike Edom, yeah, he had, a, he had a bum shoulder, but I'm sure he had turf toe, um, a bad ankle, a tweet knee. You know, so it gave us the opportunity to not only address the big problem areas, but the chronic ones that have been, you know, causing us problems for years. And I think that was the biggest blessing was being able to uh, truly fix things, um, you know, when it comes to the entire full body. So it's pretty, been pretty awesome when it comes to that. You like gambling, you like betting. So uh, 
What would you bet on in terms of the season? Do you think we're going to see sloppy football at the start? Just because guys, you know, guys can train, Bo, but I've always said this. I said your, your preseason games, you got two of them, and, and largely, you know, most of the veteran guys don't play in those games. And then the first two games of the year in a regular season, I kind of look at it as a, as a preseason, too, in terms of sloppiness, guys missing assignments and stuff. And then when we get to week four or five, we're kind of hitting on all cylinders. Well, it's a shortened season now, no preseason. Will we see sloppy football at the start? Or will – here's how I see it. I see sloppy football, couple of weeks, but then I think we might see some of the best football we've ever seen in CFL history because guys, everything's ramped up. They're healthy like we just uh, just talked about. How do you see it? Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think you're going to see some sloppy football at times. Um, you know, whether that is – whether that's just, you know, bad mistakes, um, you know, maybe things that, you know, Ball control, right? Like, make sure you're keeping up the leverage on, uh, you know, just on your your ball leverage. Make sure you're not fumbling the ball. Uh, handoffs, things like that. You're going to see some sloppy football time, especially penalty-wise. Guys being over the line because they haven't been doing it for a while on their motion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do I do completely agree with you, man. I think when it comes down to it and guys got their feet under them uh, and we're at that game four, game five, I think you're going to start to see some amazing, amazing football Um Big numbers being put up, you know, big game numbers being single game numbers being put up. I think guys are going to be healthy, fast, uh, some big hits. So I think there's going to be a lot of uh, exciting things to be said about as well. So teams, I think, that have established leadership, not only at the quarterback spot, but in the coaching room, I think those will, the, those will be the teams that have the advantage. Do you agree with things like that? And how much more of a leadership role will you take now that we're kind of in a different kind of season, different kind of waters? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the veteran, veteran coaches, uh, a veteran staff always helps the team. Um, but this year, especially a veteran, a veteran player team is going to be huge, huge benefit. Uh, being able to start off hot, get off to a good start, because there's only 14 games, you know, to establish yourself as one of the top six is, is a little bit harder. Um, and uh, I think that makes it that much more important to start off really hot, to start off good. And I think for the younger team, that's going to be tough to do because you're going to be teaching guys the game rather than refining the game for the guys that have been here before. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Hey, Bo, 10 games against Western opponents here. Uh, who, who, who do you look on as the stamps biggest rival in this league? Oh, man. I mean, the nine-team league, it's hard to say that everyone's not your rival. You're playing all so much, um, you know, and it's easy to pick, obviously, a West team. You know, obviously, Labor Day, Edmonton Elk, you know, Sass, Sass is always going to be. But Sass almost has that rivalry with every team because, you know, the fans are so good that they, mm-hmm. you know, they hype up and build up every single, you know, rivalry. They have a huge, huge history with each team. Um, you know, but for ourselves, yeah, man, you know, it's, You've lost Ottawa in a great cup. You beat them in a great cup. You know, uh, same with Toronto. You've lost them in a great cup. Like, it's, um, the rivalries are really they're there with every single team. So, uh, you know, I don't look at any of them very different. Um, you know, to me, it's just the Labor Day is a little bit different, and then playing South at home at their place is always a little bit different uh, in, a, in a good way. So, 
uh, those are probably the more exciting rivalries for myself. Interesting here. I know the Riders have a, a heavy uh, schedule at home early on. You guys are, are kind of similar. We always, I always talk about early season equity. Sometimes say, well, it's only July or it's only you know June. It's not you know the real season starts after uh, or at Labor Day, and that might be true. But you don't want to piss away those early season games. I like to say you put those in the bank in case you have a couple of injuries later. Where if you have a two game mini slide it doesn't hurt as much say in October and this season you know that might really be the case oh man yeah you're hitting the nail on the head there I mean it is uh like typically we don't start off very fast yeah. <laughs> you know we take Chaney camp very seriously uh but man in the past we've we've been an 0-2 1-1 1-2 type of team to start off and then we go on that 14 game run uh because we like to find ourselves and find our identity then we like to build on that um you know, and, and like you said, right now, it's like you don't want to even chance that being the, um, you know, kind of the norm because, uh, you know, in a 14-game season, you know, you drop two or three there in the beginning out of the first four games, and then you're into Labor Day, and now it's going to feel like a struggle. You know what I mean? They really get bad because now you're playing Edmonton twice back-to-back. You're playing Sass three times in the next four games after that, so you've got a tough road ahead right there in the middle. So for us, the, as much as we can bank right there in the middle, I think is a big thing. You know, I think Toronto is going to be a hell of a team. In, in, my, in my personal opinion, um, I think they're going to be a tough opponent. But catching them right off the bat might help because they've got a lot of NFL bigger names that maybe don't know this game as well. And uh, maybe that gives us a bit of an advantage uh, over Toronto as it would if we played Toronto uh, later on in the season. How do you feel about your team? You look at your depth chart, your roster, without actually having the eyeball test on on you know on the players coming to camp. How do you feel about the Stampeders this year? Hey man, I always feel good about our team. You know, if I'm at the helm, I always feel confident about myself, uh, no matter who the opponent is. Um, you know, but the guys we have uh, in, at the key positions in the CFL, you know, to me, are your slot receivers, uh, your Canadians, and uh, your defensive backs. When it comes to Sam, free safety and your boundary corner. And those three guys I feel very, very good about. I think our pass rush is good. And, and our, it's, honestly, it's more about the fact that, you know, Pat DeMonico and Corey Mays, our O-line and D-line coach, are so damn good that I always feel great about those two positions, which is, have always been a strength of our team. Um, and I don't think you're going to see that change anytime soon. A couple more quick questions for you. Your schedule features, uh, I think it's uh, final uh, six or seven against – uh, divisional opponents. So, uh, like we said, you got to make hay early because you got a tough stretch down the back. And the home schedule features four Saturday games. Do you have a particular day of the week you prefer uh, prefer to play on? Like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Which one do you prefer to play? Uh, I would probably say Saturday. I think it, it, it times the week out the best because uh, you know we get we get our our day off. Like let's say Sunday, Monday, uh, Sunday you come in, you watch film, you exercise. Uh, then Monday would be day off, and you got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's kind of your your main practice days, and then Friday is your day four press press day, getting ready for the the game, and then playing on Saturday. So I would say Saturday is probably the day I prefer the most. Um, but for some reason, man, the, the best games I feel typically end up being those Mondays or those Thursdays. You're coming off a five day week, or it's a Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that just feel different because. You know the fans coming out on Monday, Thursday are just hungry. You know they they want to be there because it's it's Monday. Like they went out of their way to make sure they could be at that game compared to a Saturday where like you know maybe they just they ran into tickets or whatnot. But um, 
Man, either way, dude, if I can put on pads, <laughs> I'll go out there and have a fucking blast. <laughs> that's all you care about. Hey, uh... <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious, man. I, that's exactly what I was hoping to hear from. Um, what do you want to, like, what do you have to do to get better this year? Have you identified one part of your game? Do you want to take it to the next level? I, I know win championships and all that stuff, but inside of that, what do you have to do, Bo Levi Mitchell, to be better this year? I think, um, you know, when it comes to being a leader, I think you have to adapt as a leader. And I think, what I have to realize this year, we're going to be a younger team. Uh, we're going to have some younger receivers out there at times. And I have to, instead of getting frustrated at times, because um, I'm a very detail, uh, you know, oriented guy when it comes to the way we run our offense. And I kind of expect the guy to be in a certain position when I expect him to be there. Um, and when I'm dealing with the veteran, you know, like an Eric Rogers, like a Mark Raymond Daniel, when I'm dealing with a guy like that, um, you know, they typically are there, and if not, then I'm going I'm to have a conversation with them, and, and we'll find out why not. But, you know, when there's a younger guy that he doesn't even understand yet why he's supposed to be there uh, and when he's supposed to be there, I get frustrated because I'm like, well, you're, this is slowing down our offense and our opportunity to be good. Um, you know, but now it's like, hey, there, there might be a majority of the time when you're dealing with a lot of younger guys, um, and you've got to be there to coach these guys up, give them that positive, you know, reaffirmation, um, you know, make them feel good about themselves so they can go out and play confident, play fast, um, and not be thinking like, oh, man, I hope I don't do anything wrong so Bo's going to get mad at me kind of thing. So uh, for me, I think it's changed up the leadership style a little bit and just making sure that, that I'm, I'm giving a little bit more of a positive attitude uh, when it comes to the offense and the team and, um, you know, just go out and having a little bit more fun. Bo, thanks for this, man. I can't wait to see you on the football field, man. Uh, it's going to be great. It's been a long, long time. I'm coming, brother. I can't I can't wait either, man. Huh, it's great to have CFL football right around the corner. I miss it so much that I even miss Andre Pruel blowing a call. <laughs> you know, you miss it too. Anyway, the CFL is recruiting referees. I can't wait to see what kind of crop they come out with this year. Penalty, Saskatchewan, 10 yards, holding, repeat first down. When you're out with the boys, does this sound like you? Yeah, here's your beer, Tom. Tom, beer. I can't see it. Where is it? Right here. Dude, huh? Grab it. Where? Tom, it's right in front of you. I can't see it. Oh, come on. It sounds like Tom should be an official CFL official. That's right. We're accepting applications to be down on the field during games for next season. Are you passionate? Offside, Saskatchewan. Can you make things up even though it didn't really happen? Face mask, Saskatchewan. Are you creative? Saskatchewan 45, super duper holding. (laughs) Then it's time for you to be official. A CFL official. Ruining games for as long as we can remember. Send your resume to jobs at AskClownsInTheStripes.com. Someone said football, so I come running. Also accepting resumes for timekeepers. Time count on announcer... 15-yard penalty on Saskatchewan.
And it's time to head out on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline as this show is coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio. Thanks to Aubrey Stebman for getting on board and Kevin Welsh at Hammer Time Roofing in Saskatoon. Another one of my great sponsors is John Ryan, Super Bowl champ, current Riders punter, also baseball aficionado. Now, I haven't been following your team's circuits. Are you guys playing or when do you fire up? How did pandemic affect everything? Yeah, our uh, our team in Texas has been has been go right from the start. We're about uh, 25 games in already, and then our team in Portland got going uh, about a week and a half ago, and they're uh, they're firing on all cylinders as well. So, how much uh, how much are you involved in the day to day stuff with this uh, with the baseball ventures? Uh, not as much as I'd like to. Uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty involved, but you know, I'm not uh, I'm not out there. You know, pounding the payment, getting the sponsors, and. Uh, Doing stuff like that right now, that's something I'm kind of going to pick up a little bit more when I, uh, when I retire. So it's, uh, you know, pro, pro football is a world where you can't really have one foot in, one foot up, but you have to be all the way in. So mm-hmm. uh, luckily I got a, a business partner that understands that and knows that I'm uh, all in for football for now. Dude, I got the MLB package. I'm buying into this pod race uh, hype. They're my team. They've always been my team since Tony Gwynn, but they've only made the playoffs six times in 50-some years. I'm all pumped, and now they can't get anybody home. They're stranded runners. Yeah. Like, what is – did I did I buy the hype? Or are they going to get this thing uh, straightened away here? No, I think you should buy the hype. I think the tough thing with the NL West is that they already have the LA Dodgers to contend with. You know, you're going to be like, they got to play each other 19 times. It's going to be a tough division just because of that. And then the San Francisco Giants come out of nowhere and they have like 40 plus wins, and no one saw that coming. So now they have, you know, the, right now the best team in baseball to, to contend with on top of the Dodgers. So it's, it's a tougher division than what we would have thought. But I mean, that team is. They're so stacked. I think they're going to be fine long run. You know, having the full, luckily, 162 game season that uh, they'll they'll right the ship. Would you pitch to Vladdy Guerrero? Man, that guy's on fire for the Jays. <laughs> no, he's he's almost got like the uh, the Barry Bonds effect back in the day. Whereas, like right now, when he's so hot, you just gotta you gotta pitch around him. You put anything even close to the wheelhouse, and he's he's going yard on you. It's pretty impressive to watch. All right, let's talk football. We're back, buddy. Are you excited about this? You actually get to see a schedule. Yeah, I, I was very excited yesterday, and then it felt even more real when the schedule came out. And you now they're they're messaging us about uh, getting us to training camp and everything. So today it felt even more real. You know, after this 18th month, 18 month layoff, and kind of you know not knowing what we we're going to do last year, and everything was up in the air and kind of dragged us along. And you know, I just I wasn't being negative this year. I just didn't feel like it was going to happen. So uh, the last two days have been pretty happy. Do you believe it's going to happen on August 5th? Like uh, every indication you're getting from the club, it's like uh, we're on, we're full bore ahead? Every indication I'm getting is that we're, we're, we're going ahead with it. Everything sounds positive. So uh, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to stop being negative and just ride that train. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> it's, uh, hopefully it lasts all the way until uh, the middle of December. Speak it into existence. Although you're like me because you were a season ticket holder before you were ever a player in the CFL. Somehow it never goes easy for the CFL, either by its own doing or things around the CFL like a pandemic, right? Yeah, it never, never seems to be easy. I remember the old, uh, the old, uh, telethons back in the day to get season ticket holders back in the mid nineties. Uh, you know, the team was going to fold unless they had however many season ticket holders by the end of the night. And, um, just, just things like that over and over again for the riders. And, you know, just one of those things that seems like the riders have really gotten their stuff together in the last 10 years. And then this pandemic comes to kind of bring everything down a little bit. So it's just a, uh, you know, it's classic CFL, you know, nothing's easy. 
Uh, what what's the plan? What has the club told you about uh, like when you report? Because it's got you got fifty from this chat we're having right now. It's fifty one days until training camp. There seems like a lot of things to get together in fifty one days. There's a lot of things, a lot of hurdles, um, <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, American guys. You got to get over the border, you know, uh, just things like that. It's a lot right now. They're telling us that we'll all report on uh, July second to do a seven-day quarantine for uh, the American guys or the guys living in the U.S. and uh, open camp July 10th. So uh, I really hope that all, all stays on schedule, you know, because a lot of these guys, well, all, all, pretty much all of us haven't played in a year and a half, so we're going to need uh, that full, you know, whatever it is, four-week training camp to get ready. John, are you going to go uh, Sheldon Williams Spartans, John Ryan, and sleep on Barb's couch for your quarantine? No, no, for your quarantine? <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I was thinking more like my brother's cottage, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, the, it could be a long week if, depending on uh, what I choose, if I choose wrong. Okay, so I asked Bo Levi Mitchell this. Um, so I'm going to ask you this: What kind of season do you think we're going to have? How do you think it's going to play out? I see sloppy at the start because I don't care if John Ryan goes to the park and punts uh, at eight in the morning by himself. Now it might be a little different for a punter, but guys can train on their own. But it's not football training. And if you don't have preseason or you know uh, the the same type of training camp, and you go right into the regular season. Um, I, I see sloppy football at the start, but then we might see some of the best football we've ever seen in CFL history because guys have been off for two years. They're healthy. No, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. You know, I, for me personally, you know, I've, I've never worked harder than I have this offseason in the last 18 months. I'm, I'm ready to go. But at the same time, you know, me, me kicking by myself in a park or me kicking on a field with a, you know, a college snapper uh, and then putting the pads on and going to a game and, you know, all of a sudden having 1.3 seconds to get the ball off. It's a totally different thing. So uh, I, I see it across the board. It's going to be a little bit of a slow start. Uh, but then, as you said, you know, uh, guys are going to be flying. You know, it's going to be as, as fast a football as you've ever seen, in my opinion, in, in Canada, just because guys are going to be so fresh. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty fun to watch this summer. Dude, uh, you were an all-star last time we talked, last time you were on a field. But what do you need to do to take your game to the next level, John Ryan? What do you want to – because you're always tweaking and perfecting things. What have you been working on here in these 18 months? I've, I've had a lot of punts that I think can be valuable to the, to the CFL level. Uh, you know, right up till when I signed last time in 2019, I was training for the NFL. Uh, so I was, you know, very specific punts that we, that we did in the NFL that don't really uh, play out as well in the CFL. A lot of stuff you do in the CFL – uh, is a lot, a lot different than you can ever do in the NFL. So because I was kind of training for the NFL up until a couple weeks before I signed, I didn't really have time to add, you know, add those things. Uh, you know, as a pitcher would say, you know, add a couple extra pitches in the offseason. You don't really have the time during the season to, to, to do that. So I've really picked the last 18 months and just added in a few, uh, few different kicks that uh, I think are going to be going to be fun to watch hopefully come uh, August 5th. John, how do you feel when some people say, hey, we've got too much kicking in the, in the CFL? Now, we've touched on kicking before, John, but I've heard guys say, well, we, we punt way too much. It's a punt league. People want to see offense. To me, I think it's great because the NFL is going away from kicking and kickoffs and, and maybe even punting to some extent, uh, extent, pardon me, whereas the CFL has the kicking game element, no yards, the rouge, and we've touched on that before. But how do you feel when people say we punt too much in this league? Yeah, that's just the way it's been for the last 110 years, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the way it is. It's, it's Canadian football. And, I mean, uh, people embrace and love a 50-yard pass down the field. That's a great football play. Uh, embrace it when it's a punt 50 yards down the field, too. You know, it's one of the most exciting plays in football. And, uh, you know, what the NFL has done with a lot of the, the punting and the kicking is almost taking it out of the game. And I, I think that's pretty boring, you know, to be honest. I think 
when you watch the CFL game and how every time the ball hits a guy's foot, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with how athletic these returners are, how wide the field is. It's, uh, I think it's one of the more exciting plays in football, the kickoff and the, uh, the punting in the CFL. Now, uh, I liken kicking to golf. I'm not good at either. You're probably, well, I know you're a better kicker than me. I don't know about golfer, but I'm assuming you are. But when you punt a football, John, and you get a hold of it, can you describe to us what it feels like to really get a hold of one? Um, man, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like that, that dragon I've been chasing my entire life. You know, just that, that, that uh, millisecond feeling that you have when that ball's hitting your foot just perfect. Um, one of those things where I don't even have to look up. I already know that the punt's going to be a good one or, or a terrible one. And I guess it kind of be that feeling. I'm not a huge golfer. I'm sure you are better than me at golf ballsy. But that, that huge drive that you hit 300 down the middle, mm-hmm. and it feels like it was just completely smooth, like the ball wasn't even there. That's kind of how it feels for that, for that punt as well. Do you have to watch the ball come in when you're punting? Like, you've done it so many times. Do you have to watch the snap from Jorgen Hughes, or do you just are, are your eyes like a quarterback downfield aiming at a target, seeing who's coming off the edge rushing you? No, you, you definitely have to watch the snap. You know, you kind of check the pre the pre snap uh, reads like where where everyone is, so you know uh, you know where the rush is going to be coming from, or what type of rush it could be, or what kind of return they could be setting up. But uh, after that, you kind of really got to zero in on the snap, just because you know it's coming back to you, you know, 14 yards back, about 0.7 seconds, and from the time it touches your fingertips to touches your foot, you got to catch it, spin it, place it take two steps and kick it and you have about 1.3 seconds to 1.35 seconds to do that mm-hmm. so that whole pull process happens so quickly that you don't really have time to be looking around you're kind of just focused on the ball i talked to a bow about this too about uh, how your birth certificate what are you 39 now 39 yeah yes. be, uh, be, be 40 before great cup okay so you're going to be 40 before the great cup but you're not a true 40 because there's been two years where you haven't played so it's not really reflective on your birth certificate uh do you feel a lot younger with these two years off I feel great. Uh, I've had the opportunity to train better than I ever have in my life. You know, I kind of said in my early 30s that, you know, at that point I kind of trained smarter, not harder. And now at uh, 39, I realize that's not enough either. you got to train harder and smarter. So I don't think I've ever trained as hard in my life. And uh, I've also been smart about it, you know, p- uh, putting a gym in my house here in L.A. right before quarantine. So just been uh, probably working out harder than I have in my whole career, been on the field more than I have. So, you know, I, I feel great. I, I honest to God, I feel feel better now than I did when I was 29. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much longer I'm going to do this, but if I feel like this, I'm going to, you know, ride it out as long as I can. Are you approaching this like it could be your last year? Because I know you were, uh, before, you know, a few months ago, you were really in deep thought about whether you wanted to play again, not because you don't love football, but because you have all these other ventures, but you know once you walk away from the game, that's it, and it's been everything you've known like this is all you know is to play football so how are you approaching this year yeah i think that the, the, the whole uh you know covid was tough you know having to sit out that year and kind of be you just kind of lose a whole year of, uh, of football and you know you kind of think about all the other things you could have been doing with i have all these other interests but you know right now i'm just approaching it you know one one season at a time and then see how it goes um you know i think that as you get older the drop-off probably is going to occur quicker so I don't want to commit to you know two or three, four more years, and then suddenly have a have a sharp drop off. But uh, I don't want to anticipate that. And uh, as my old man used to say, he said, uh, you know, school, uh, work, jobs—they're always going to be there. But football's not always going to be there. You know, you, you can't leave football and go back later. You can you can leave all that other stuff and go back later, but not football. So. Uh, when, when it's time to hang it up, I'm going to be you know 100% sure that it's time. Dad was a smart guy, wasn't he? 
He was. <laughs> no kidding. Okay, uh, Bob Ryan. All right. So um, <laughs> now I know you're. Um, I know you're. Don't take this the wrong way. I know your favorite butt to look at is your wife's. Okay. <laughs> but you, but, but you got to admit, Jorgen Hughes's ass is one you probably miss looking at, right? It is. You know, luckily I only have to look at it from uh, 14 yards away. But yeah, yeah, I miss. <laughs> I miss him, uh, you know, snapping those balls back to me, and uh, he, he, he's great at it. You know, I'd rather not have to look at his butt, but uh, that comes with the territory, I guess. <laughs> so, okay, uh, but let's let's talk about this for a second. What's one thing as a as a wily old veteran you absolutely despised about the game that you're just eager to get back at? Would it be training camp? What would it be? Oh man, uh, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think, oh man, that's a really good question. Um, I actually, I love training camp. I, I always, I would never say that to any other guy in the field because, uh, they, those guys are going through hell for a week or for four weeks or five weeks. But when I was in the NFL, I used to love that five week training camp just to kind of be back with the guys, be back on the field. Uh, all that stuff I loved. Uh, what I don't love, I mean, uh, some of the travel isn't, isn't my favorite thing. I'd say right now, you know, being away from my wife for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, five months of the year. And, you know, this this coming season, she has a, uh, a show she's working on in Arkansas for two months. So there's going to be a solid two months where we won't see each other. So I would say that really is the, uh, the the part that I don't like. But, you know, all the other things that some guys complain about, about, you know, the grind or the working out or the practices, you know, I love all that stuff. You know, that's, that's really what I miss the most, to be honest with you, is a lot of the stuff that the other guys don't like. And let's be honest, John Ryan isn't playing for the money, and that's not to be arrogant. You were fortunate enough to start your career in the CFL, get a get a chance to go to the NFL, capitalized on your break, and made money, life-changing money, and I'm I'm assuming you're pretty good with your cash. So you're not, you're not playing for the money in the CFL. You just love playing football like we talked about in your dad's advice there. But how happy are you for your CFL brethren on your team and across the league that they get back to playing a game they love for money? Because a lot of those guys aren't anywhere near as wealthy as you, John. Just your thoughts on your your CFL brethren getting back to playing football. Yeah, I'm real happy for them. Because, you know, being a professional football player, a lot of people say, you know, it's you know it's a good six-month-a-year job. But if you think it's a six-month-a-year job, your, your season's only going to last that – or your whole career is only going to last about that long as a year or two because – it's a 12-month-a-year job. So these guys, you know, some of them have to get jobs, obviously. But when they're working their 9-to-5, they also got to come home and train for four or five hours a night. And, uh, you know, to kind of be able to leave that other stuff behind and, and just focus on football again, uh, I'm pretty happy for these guys because, you know, I, I've been in contact with a lot of these guys, and they've worked their butts off the last 18 months with, with no reward, either financially or uh, being able to play the game. So I'm pretty happy for them. Okay, lastly, John, I'm going to sneak one more in here. I don't think I've ever asked you this before, and if I have, it was a long time ago. You've given back to this podcast, which I appreciate, to help promote the game of football in Saskatchewan. You also help out with the Regina Minor Football League, and fortunately they're being able to put on a spring league right now that incorporates grade 12, which is very important. John, people still look up to you here. How important is it for you to be a role model here and, and maybe savor this last year or last couple of years here in Saskatchewan? Well, it's important to me. You know, it's important to be able to give back. I've, I've said it, you know, so many times that I've, I've taken so much from that community that I've, I'll never be able to pay back everything that I've taken. And, uh, you know, I just look at all the guys that uh, have helped me along the way. Uh, you know, obviously Frank McCurstle, Ron Cherkis, uh, yourself, Ballsy, you've helped me uh, be a better receiver at the U of R. Uh, all, these, uh, all these coaches along the way that have, you know, helped me get to where, 
to where I am and, uh, you know, afforded me this opportunity to play professional football for going on 18 years where it never would have happened without them. So I think I'm just in a position where I can maybe, you know, help a kid or two, uh, whether it be go to the pros or just, uh, you know, have a fun summer playing football. You know, I think that's important. <laughs> John, I was such a good receivers coach. You turned into a punter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really turned me. <laughs> uh, hey, yeah, and you never even cut me in on your millions. I put you on the punting path, and you forgot about me, you son of a bitch. Anyway, hey, I love it, man. I can't wait to see number nine back in Ryder Colors here. Uh, that's going to be great. Thanks for this, John. Uh, best of luck, uh, you know, hanging out with the wife while you can, and uh, we'll see you around the field, okay? All right, thanks a lot, buddy. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.